to a star witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And as always, before we get into today's discussion, we're going to have a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us as we learn more of Him and what He would have us to do. And with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this past year that you have given us with all of the many blessings, big and small. We thank you for leading and guiding us. Help us to continue as a new year approaches. Help us to stand fast for you. Help us to learn more of you and help us to become more like you as each and every day passes by. Lord, we know that the time is getting short and as each year passes us by, your coming is nearer and nearer. Help us to prepare for the events to come and most importantly, help us to help others to prepare for what is to come. And we thank you and praise you for hearing and answering our prayer and we ask all these things in your precious holy son's name. Amen. All right, so as we know, a new year is coming upon us. The old year is going to be forever gone. And I remember years ago thinking about what the future would hold in 2020s sounded so far away and yet here it is and many people think that once a new year has come they must make all of these new resolutions and once the resolutions are made a lot of times these plans might last for a few days or a week or even a whole month and then slowly but surely they get forgotten and are no longer done and many people they do things like I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to spend more time with those I love. I'm going to get a new house or buy a new car, whatever it might be. And all of these things could be good for you, like more exercising and getting out in the sun and things like that. And you start out with good intentions. And it's one thing to make resolutions, but it's a whole other thing to keep them. And it's easy to break because you're forming a new habit in your brain and a new habit in your life. And I believe that when we make resolutions, the number one thing that we should do is to ask the Lord for help to keep it. And also we should make the resolution as if we were making a pact with him. So every day we should pray for it and pray about it. Lord, help us to do whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's spending more time with him or going out and helping others or whatever it might be. And it's like signing a contract with a job or anything else you might sign on to. You would try your best to keep your word and somebody would be there to look over your shoulder to make sure that you're doing your job. This is no different. Only the person you're held accountable to is a source much higher than yourself. And one day we will have to answer to God for the things that we said and did and how we spent our time. And I think the best resolutions that we can make is to prepare our hearts and minds for Christ and we should ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to change? What would you have me to do? And the Lord will impress you on what you can change about yourself or what you can do this new year to be more beneficial to others and more beneficial in the cause of God. Some of these resolutions that people make are not that great, such as buying things for themselves. That's sometimes not necessary and it's just selfish. What can I do for myself? And those types of resolutions aren't always the best. But those that 
actually help benefit yourself with your health, with drawing closer with God, and also helping others, those are wonderful resolutions. And when we consider these resolutions, these are the types of things that we need to keep in mind, especially with all of the things that are now taking place in the world. Time is drawing so close to Jesus' coming, and probation will soon close. This new year is a perfect time to wipe the slate clean, to ask for forgiveness for the past year's sin, and to start fresh and start anew and get your life back on track to draw closer to the Lord and to keep your mind focused on the goal in front of you, which is to be with Jesus forever. And I do believe that resolution should be made, the good kind. Maybe the best resolution is to make and spend time with the Lord every single day and witnessing to others around us, as I said before. Another good idea in making resolutions, if it's nothing too personal, you could share it with a really close friend or family member of yours and tell each other the resolutions and then you guys can pray for each other's resolutions and ask each other how things are going with your resolution so that you can kind of help each other keep on track and encourage one another and know that there's somebody out there who is not only encouraging you but praying for you in the resolutions that you want to make. So if you have somebody who you're really close with and can do that, that is another great thing to do because sometimes it can be discouraging and we tend to not be serious about it when we just say it in our head but it's a whole nother thing when somebody else is telling us hey you should do this you're doing a good job or keep up the good work and the Lord will give you strength and give you good Bible verses and good quotes that will help you to meet your goals and keep up with what you want to get done and with what you wanted so make a list write it down and pray about it and know that the Lord will be with you and help you to overcome and to get these new habits formed so that you will do better. He wants to help us to become better people. He wants us to overcome every sin that besets us and he will give us the strength with which to do it. In fact, he tells us that he will send every angel out of heaven if necessary to help us to overcome sin and not only overcome sin but to help us to become better people and to do what is necessary to perfect our characters so that they will be more like his character. And I want to read a few quotes about resolutions. And this is from Testimony Treasures, Volume 1, page 239. It says, As you enter upon a new year, let it be with an earnest resolve to have your course onward and upward. Yet let your life be more elevated and exalted than it has hitherto been. Make it your aim not to seek your own interest and pleasure, but to advance the cause of your Redeemer. Remain not in a position where you ever need help yourself, and where others have to guard you to keep you in the narrow way. You may be strong to exert a sanctifying influence upon others. You may be where your soul's interest will be awakened to do good to others, to comfort the sorrowful, strengthen the weak, and to bear your testimony for Christ whenever opportunity offers. Aim to honor God in everything, always and everywhere. Carry your religion into everything. Be thorough in whatever you undertake. This is very powerful and this is exactly what I was saying. We need to be strong. We need to be earnest. We need to be a good example to others so we can help them to overcome and to encourage them and say it is possible with Christ. Christ will make us strong. He will comfort us when we are weak and when we're sad 
and we just need to go to him. We need to pray like we have never prayed before in our lives. And we need to trust that he is willing and able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Here's a quote that I wanted to read from Youth's Instructor, February 11th, 1908, paragraph 1. Although in one sense the first day of a new year is no more to God than any other day, yet he often puts into the heart of his children at that time a desire to begin the new year with good resolves, perhaps with plans to carry out some worthy enterprise, and with purposes to depart from the wrongs of the old year, and to live the new year with new determinations. So God puts the thoughts in our hearts to do better, to do good, to get our characters right with him. And so some of these ideas that you might be getting to, like, oh, I should go and do this, or I should go and volunteer, I should go help people, I should exercise more, I should do whatever it is it might be. That is the Holy Spirit putting those thoughts in your head to improve upon your mental and spiritual well-being. In ST January 2, 1901, paragraph 1 and 2, it says, The old year with its burden of record is fast passing away. The new year with all its possibilities will soon be ushered in. What advancement have we made in the knowledge of Christ during the past year? Are we prepared to show more decidedly than ever before that we are on the Lord's side? At this time when the nations of the world are wavering between infidelity and idolatry, are we prepared to stand as faithful ambassadors for Christ? Shall we not at the beginning of this new year give ourselves and all we have to God? Shall we not listen to his voice which calls us to a renewed contest, to a more thorough consecration of ourselves and our entrusted capabilities to his service? To God we owe all we have and are. In him we live and move and have our being. We have not been forgotten by him. In his book, each human being has a page on which is recorded his whole history. Constantly and untiringly, God is working for our happiness. The treasures which he has placed within our reach are numberless. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Thou openest thy hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. He is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. The earth is full of his goodness. Creation proclaims with maraud voice the forbearance, love, and compassion of the Almighty. This is very solemn indeed, and these are the kinds of questions that we need to be asking ourselves. If we have the Lord in our hearts, if we are doing enough for him, if our characters will stand up in the judgment hall, our are we doing everything we can to be saved? Or are we letting sin into our lives? Or are we not speaking nicely to others? Or are we letting pride or jealousy in? Whatever the case might be, these are the flaws that we have to consider in our characters and make a marked effort to improve upon them and to do what is necessary to change that about ourselves. Because if we have any of these sins in our lives, we will not be in heaven because heaven is a place where sin does not reside. Also in ST January 7th, 1903, paragraph 6 through 11, it says, Children who greet your father and mother with a happy new year, will you make this a happy year to them? It is in your power to make it happy or unhappy. 
You may lighten their burdens and give them courage and hope. Or you may fill their hearts with anxiety and distress. You cannot make their new year happy if you live for self-gratification. And this continues with how, no matter how old you are. And you can do this to people you might live with or you can do this wherever you might be. But if you live alone, you can still help your parents out and still make them happy with keeping in touch with them and whatever it might be. You get the idea. This doesn't just apply to young people. It applies to us no matter how old we are. And with whoever we might be living with, we need to be helpful and ease the burden and be a pleasant person to be around. We need to show Jesus wherever we are. She continues, begin this year with right purposes and pure motives. Bear in mind that day by day, your words and acts are recorded in the books of heaven. You must meet them when the judgment shall sit and the books shall be opened. How often your lips utter the kindly greetings, I wish you a happy new year, and then in a few moments speak impatient, fretful words. How many children are always ready to dispute about trifles, unwilling to make their smallest sacrifice for others? To such, the new year will bring no real happiness. They may indulge in boisterous mirth, but their hearts know no peace or joy. Will you not come to Jesus with penitence and humility that he may cleanse you from sin and prepare you for his kingdom? As you do this, you will have the happiest year that you have ever known. It will bring joy in heaven and joy on earth. That is amazing. She continues, many are the gifts and greetings exchanged on New Year's Day by parents and children, husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, friends and acquaintances. When the day is over, many feel a sense of relief. They have done their duty in bestowing presents and smiles and compliments for the occasion, and there the matter is supposed to end. The next day and the next, and onward to the end of the year, bring fretful, passionate words, fault-finding, recrimination, and careless neglect of the dear ones of the household. Oh, the record of such a year is one that angels are grieved and ashamed to register. It brings to friends and kindred a gift of sorrow, a burden of unkindness that crushes hope and makes the grave look desirable. That is sad indeed when we are living such a life as this. Brothers and sisters, we need to work on our speech, on the way that we conduct ourselves, and our evil tendencies. With this, she continues, do we truly wish our loved ones a happy new year? Then let us make it such to them by kindness, by sympathy, by cheerfulness, by unselfish devotion. If we connect with God, the source of peace and light and truth, his spirit will flow through us to refresh and bless all around us. This year may be our last year of life. Shall we not enter upon it with thoughtful consideration? Shall not sincerity, respect, benevolence mark our deportment toward all? May this year be a time that shall never be forgotten, a time when Christ shall abide with us, saying, Peace be unto you. Shall the close of the year find you further advanced than you are today? Will you put away evil habits? Will you be considered 
spirit of others, faithful to do the work of a Christian. If you will carry the principles of right doing into all the affairs of life, you will find that it will promote health of body, peace of mind, and prosperity of soul. You will have a strength, dignity, and sweetness of character that will have transforming influence upon others. And these next few quotes are from AUCR January 5, 1914, paragraphs 5 through 7. This is exactly what we need to do. We need to have a rightness of character because when we do, it promotes health in our body and it brings us peace of mind and a prosperity of soul. And that is exactly what I want in my life. And I hope you do as well because we will not be able to make it through the end of times if we are yelling at one another, if we are self if we are doing health-destroying habits. And she continues with this. We are now entering upon a new year, and may it prove a beginning of years to us. If in the old year we have made failures, let us commence the new by rectifying these errors as far as we can. If the old year has borne into eternity a spotted record of opportunities neglected and privileges slighted, let us see that of the new year is free from these blemishes. Its days are all before us. Let us begin now to make the history of each as it passes, such as we shall not tremble to meet in the judgment. Let us fill each one full of loving, helpful works for others. Let us develop all our powers and make of ourselves all that God designed that we should. In the keeping of God's commandments, there is great reward. A reward awaits the overcomer in the great day, when he shall hear from the lips of our Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. And there is also a present reward in the peace and happiness that flow from the conscience at rest, from the sweet assurance that we enjoy the favor of God. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. And we want to keep his covenant and his testimonies, and we need to work together with God in order to overcome everything in our lives and every trial that comes our way and character defaults that we have because none of us are perfect. It is only working with Christ and having that consistent devotional life and prayer life and that connection with God that we are going to be able to overcome it all. This is from UL 374.3 to 374.7. It says, the new year is just before us. Shall not the gifts be turned to a better account heretofore? Shall not confession be made and shall we not avail ourselves of the blood of Christ who is able and willing to cleanse us from all sin for our sakes Christ became poor in the last great day we shall be judged in accordance with what we have done Christ will say I was an hungered and ye gave me no meat I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink I was a stranger and ye took me not in naked and ye clothed me not sick and in prison and ye visited me not then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? And that is from Matthew 25, verses 42 through 44. Christ will then say, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not for me. And that's verse 45. And Christ will say, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared
reserved for the devil and his angels. And that's verse 41. Christ came and set the example in sacrificing. And if we are Christ, then we will do the works of Christ instead of pleasing ourselves. We will be seeking to do others good and to impart benefits to suffering humanity. And unless this is done, we cannot expect to have a part with Christ. There are souls to be saved all around us, and each has a work to do to be reconciled to Christ. This is the work to take hold of in the new year. We are living for time and eternity, and we want the light to flash upon our pathway, and in return, we want to extend its blessings to others. Let each strive to have a better record for the coming year, and live so near to God that you may be surrounded with the atmosphere of heaven, and thus be a representative of Christ. This is amazing. All of these words are very important and something that we need to consider very carefully. And as this new year is approaching and is upon us, we need to examine our lives very carefully and see the kinds of things that we need to change about ourselves and the kinds of things that we could do to better help others, to prepare others, to see that light, to have an atmosphere of heaven surrounding us and to be a representative for him always. I mean, how will it look if we dress right and eat right, but then somebody comes around us and we are talking like a sailor and doing all of these other things? They'll be like, well, you look and act like a Christian, but you don't speak like one. Or maybe you speak kindly and don't dress right, or any of those things could apply. You could do any situation. But the point of the fact is we need to be right in all points of the commandments. It's not just about loving the Lord. That is important. And it's not just about being strict, although that is important because we are given the commandments for a reason. It must be everything all together. We must have a devotional life. We must present things in a loving way. And we must follow everything that the Lord tells us to do because we love him and want to be with him. It is not drudgery. It is not too much to be asked to do these things. It is a privilege and an honor to do whatever the Lord has commanded us to do because he has done way more for us. It is just our selfish nature that we want to cling on to whatever it is we don't want to let go of. And we need to be willing to let go of everything if we want to be in heaven. If we don't, then nobody is forcing you. The Lord does not force us to follow his commandments. He gives us freedom of choice and it is up to us to do the rest. He will help us to do this. And that is why these Bible verses are so encouraging. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And in Romans 12.1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We must present our bodies a living sacrifice. We need to prepare for that great day because the Lord is good, which is why David says that in the Psalms over and over again. In Psalms 34, 8, it says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And we can trust him to know what is best for us and to help us to overcome. We do not pray enough. We do not go to him enough. And especially as this new year is upon us, it is especially good to remember that the Lord is there for us and will help us and that we have not only a duty to him, but to ourselves to be better people. And as this new 
year passes by, do not spend it partying and staying up late and doing all of the things that the world might do. But instead, spend it with the Lord. Read, study, seek the Lord while he may be found. Draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. And just know that when we make a commitment that we are going to do better and that the Lord is going to help us and we're going to be praying more, the devil knows this and he doesn't want that. So that means more trials and more tribulations will come your way to test your character, to see if you are going to stick to what you said and if you are going to go to the Lord when you're in trouble and when conflict comes. And this is when we need to stand the strongest. This is when we need to go to the Lord the most because the trials will come more and more severe and the Lord will help us through them. But just know that when we are preparing our hearts and our minds and we make a determined effort, the devil will not want that and will come at us with whatever it is, whether we're dealing with impatience or tempers or if we are trying to get rid of something that we don't want to eat anymore or whether we're trying to exercise more or whatever it is going to be. He's going to bring about temptations to get us to eat the wrong thing, to dress the wrong way, to speak in an unkind manner. And the list goes on, but you get the idea. So we need to go double more, triple more to the Lord. You see examples in the Bible all the time of Daniel praying three times a day. I'm sure he prayed more than that in his mind that the Lord would give him the wisdom to know what to say and to know what to do. And when trials came and his faith was tested, he did not stammer and stutter, but he stood firm in the Lord and the Lord blessed him because of that. And when he was thrown in the lion's den, those lions did not eat him because the Lord saw in Daniel a faithful man. Joseph had to go through a lot of trials before he became the governor of Egypt. He was betrayed by his family members and then he was a slave for all those years before he was thrown into jail for a few years before he became governor. I mean, that would seem like dire circumstances to a lot of us. We would complain like, Lord, I didn't do any of these things. Why am I in prison or why am I a slave? What did I do to get here? But Joseph never complained about any of the trials that he went through. He knew that God was with him through everything and he trusted the Lord with his life and with whatever was going to happen. And because of his faithfulness and because of his relationship with the Lord, he was rewarded and he was given dreams and he was able to not only save Egypt, but surrounding nations from the famine that came. And we can have that same connection with the Lord. When trials come, we need not complain. Just like Job didn't complain when his children died and he lost his cattle and all of these things happened to him, he didn't complain against God. Instead, he trusted that the Lord had his best interest in mind and the Lord blessed him doubly because of the faith that he had. And we can have that same sort of faith. We can have that same sort of connection that these Bible characters have. And we are given these stories and examples to know that if God is with them, God will be with us. Like Joshua said, if God be for us, who can be against us? And that is so true. And I really like that verse because it is an amazing thing to think about. If the Lord is for us and if we are on his side and spending time with him and going to him, then Satan cannot get to us and nobody can get to us because the Lord is stronger than anybody and anything on this earth. And that is an amazing thought to consider. And as this new year is upon us, 
us and is coming, we need to remember that and keep that in the forefront of our mind because times are only going to be getting worse. And these little trials and tribulations are preparing us for the great trials and tribulations to come. So with all of this being said, please study it out for yourself. Think about what I said and also share with others the truth of the Lord because this is very important. Time is running out and we need to be prepared for others and we need to prepare others for what is to come. So with this, I wanted to sing this hymn about holding fast to the Lord and not letting go. And as we go through day by day struggles, this is a perfect thing for us to remember. These hymns, these scripture verses, all of these things will strengthen us and help us. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with this hymn. It's Will Your Anchor Hold in the Storms of Life? Will your anchor hold in the storms of life when the clouds unfold their wings of strife? When the strong tides lift and the cables strain, will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps us all steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fast to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love it is safely moored will the storm withstand for it is well secured by the Savior's hand and the cables pass from his heart to mine can defy the blast through strength divine we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love it will firmly hold in the straits of fear when the breakers have told the reef is near though the tempest rave and the wild winds blow, not an angry wave shall break or flow. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. It will surely hold in the floods of death. When the waters cold chill our latest breath on the rising tide it can never fail while our hopes abide within the veil we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep Deep in the Savior's love. And that is exactly what we need to do. We need to have that anchor so deep and so rooted in us that nothing can separate us from the Savior. And we need to hold fast to Him until that great day comes so that we can be with Him forever. 
and we need to share that with the world. And as this new year approaches, please take this opportunity to renew your hearts to God and to flee from evil and repent of the past and to try your best to be better in the new year to come. I know I need to do better and please pray for me as I pray for all of you. Remember it says in Matthew 5 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. So with all of this being said, let your light so shine that you are a star witness for the Lord.